All right. We are back. It is time for another episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast. We are absolutely excited to have somebody on the show today. So there are really two rallies that have been long running here in North America. Today we are going to have Aaron and Darren Skelton from Sonora Rally. So super stoked. Find out a little bit more of the history, what has been going on with the rally, how it has developed. And then it's also coming up May 9th through 14th. We're going to be seeing that coming soon. We'll be down there helping Rally Comp with their timing and scoring. So looking forward to that. I think it is going to be a great time. Let's get everything set up here. So hope everybody's having a good weekend, having out those adventures, getting some people out, riding some road books, making some stuff happen. It'll be absolutely crazy. Let's get this link over to Darren. I am excited. I'm still trying to figure out what bike Skylar House is going to be running for Dakar. So this has been a pretty interesting ride. A few shows now. Lots of traffic. A lot of people in the road books. That was actually what kind of caught me by surprise was how much uh, how much I was seeing as far as uh, traffic goes on the website for people getting into the road books and, and looking and reading and trying to figure out what they uh, what they're going to be doing. Um, the Vintage 1000 episode is absolutely crazy. It's so interesting to see how many uh, vintage motorcycles are out there and riding and, and, and doing stuff. It's pretty crazy. Not going to say they're the most uh, reliable, but definitely a lot of great stories and a lot of cool stuff going on with those. So super excited uh, to see what the future holds on that one. Also, uh, in this uh, past couple of weeks, I uh, had a chance to go over and take a tour of the Conflict Motorsports Shop out there in Texas. That was actually pretty awesome. Uh, get to see what uh, Alex is over there doing and, and how they've got the shop organized and moving around and just some crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, to think, um, he told me some of the numbers. It's not my place to divulge them, but to think that you've actually have a percentage of bikes that you've done is pretty uh pretty crazy you know thinking oh you know uh five ten percent of the motorcycles in the u.s of this particular model uh i'm making up those numbers you've actually had hands on them to do suspension work and it's and it's crazy so uh, suspension is definitely that that bit of black magic. You know, I told him before I headed out there that, you know, I really don't understand how the suspension flows, how the oil flows and how everything works. And uh, it was really, really cool to see that uh, it was a it, it was really mind opening. I mean, it's very, very ingenious how the the front suspension works. Um, and you think, oh, it's two tubes and then that's it. But it's two tubes. With all of the valving, mid-valving, and then you've got now uh, things like huck valves or cone valves and things that prevent the fork from bo bottoming out. It's really, really crazy. And and it's obvious that it makes a very big difference. And like he said on the show, if you guys haven't heard that one, um, you know, it's usually suspension on the first bike is the last thing they do um, after, you know, they order every page of the catalog. And after they do the suspension, the next bike, the first thing that gets done is the suspension. So it's pretty, uh, pretty crazy to see that uh, that people will go ahead 
and and spend that money and it and it is an investment but if you can enjoy the bike that much more i mean it makes it just that much better so so we're waiting uh waiting a few minutes here darren is very busy man uh i'm you know i i spoke to him briefly during the week and he has got a lot going on so uh and especially with the rally coming up soon also got a chance to briefly talk with aaron from sonora rally as well uh same thing i mean it's just you know full full on may 9th through 14th is the dates for this year's episode so it is uh episode for this year's rally so with covid and everything going on i mean it's been uh it's been a challenge but it looks like we're getting back to racing so i think this is going to be really 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 cool um i've already heard a few people i don't see there is no entry list that i've seen um but i do know uh in talking to there's a few people uh, that are already out there so it's going to be uh, or not already out there but are already signed up for it so one of the cool things i remember i spent a little bit of time at the rally uh previously uh about two days and went down to the first bivouac and i can say it was really really different i'm not used to seeing mainland mexico and how everything looks down there it's quite different um so it was nice to see different areas uh the different terrains uh, the people is different. It, it's really kind of crazy. I mean, it's compared, you know, if you compare it to Baja, um, it, there there is a difference uh, in the cities like San Luis Rio Colorado. Uh, very different city is very reminiscent of kind of Mexicali, but even um, it feels like in some cases more up. Um, I don't want to say updated because that's not the right terminology, but. Um, you know, it just the city kind of feels newer and, and the people and everything is just it's crazy, you know, to be able to see. We were at uh, the Ariza Hotel, I believe it was. Um, and then we were at the baseball field as well, uh, working with Rally Comp and, and helping there, helping trying to stay out of the way. Uh, Mike from Rally Comp, you know, hair on fire and making things happen and, and really, really puts on. Uh, puts a lot of effort to the rally comp side of things and, and making sure that the timing and scoring system is working, um, you know, to the best, the best it can be and to keep racers safe. So it was really, really cool. I'm going to take a sip of water, not an adult beverage. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, it'll be kind of nice to get away from work, get out of that normal routine and get down there and do some stuff. Um, then from there, uh, just kind of go and see, you know, I, I don't know a lot about the route. Um, I am looking to get forward to getting to know some of the interior parts of Mexico. Um, you know, my father grew up uh, down in Hermosillo in that area, and uh, we were looking forward to it last year, but it was like right when the pandemic hit and, and all this stuff, and there was a lot of uncertainty. So we didn't really want to risk it and, and just not know what's going on. But, you know, things like have normalized now and, and you know, we're we're in and out of this thing, but I think for the majority of people are kind of getting along now and figuring this thing out. Um, so it'll be, you know, it'll be interesting. Get to see Puerto Peñasco, get to see uh, Hermosillo if we're going that far. Again, I don't know have the details of the route. Maybe that's something that Darren will be willing to share with us. Um, and for those of you that don't know, like what this whole rally thing. So the route, like a general route, a general service route is something that's kind of simple and, and, and just basic. Uh, but not very detailed. The whole thing with rally is, is that you want to avoid uh, releasing any kind of details of what the route could be, because then that allows to keep people uh, on the same same playing field and allowing people to be able to do do the best they can on their own talent and not because they did all of the homework on it. So but sounds like uh, we have uh, Darren now on the line. So give it a give it a second here. Darren, you hear me? Excellent, sir. All right, let's get you on. All right, so you are live now. Okay, great. So I was just talking a little bit about uh, how important it is for rally raids to keep the route secret. Cause <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The last thing you want to know is, uh, or want competitors to know is where they're going before they need to. Yeah, it's uh, it's just part of the whole deal is, you know, the challenge of navigation and feeling like you're going somewhere for the first time and, uh, um, you know, it's kind of a special, unique feature of rally raids, re reaching back to the beginning of the sport. You know, when these guys really were going through North Africa and on roads that hadn't been driven on, 
and uh, trying to find their way by compass. So, uh, yeah, it's, technology's moved on, but the concept is still trying to stay the same. I was say that it's, it's, I, think that, I think for some people it's very daunting, the idea of not being able to know, especially uh, the off-road race we've got going on. I mean, San Felipe is literally going on right now. And, uh, and, you know, seeing teams that are down there for weeks at a time already, you know, right when they hit the green light on, on pre-running. It's very yeah, different. it's 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 a huge difference, and and one of the reasons why uh, we started Sonora Rally, you know, when I was uh, racing the Dakar for for Kia, for, you know, we did several years of doing that, um, you know, finding navigators and crew people who understood the concept of rally raid was very very difficult. So having an event where we can kind of get people used to that because there's nothing worse as a driver or a rider to go to a rally raid event uh, overseas and end up just being overwhelmed by how different everything is um we're just so used to being able to drive uh, on roads that we pre-run three four times or we've been driving on the same roads for 25 30 years that we get super comfortable and the speed shows that you can see trophy trucks and you know class one cars and trophy specs how fast that they go and that often actually hurts riders and drivers when they go to an event like Dakar because we're so comfortable at speed. But when you're on a road you've never been on before, it's a lot more difficult because you just don't know what's coming and sometimes you don't have the time to shut it down if you're not listening to your, to your um, navigator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the blink of an eye and you're, you're kilometers down the road. And then, yeah, exactly. Then you really get into trouble trying to figure out how to get back to where you were. Yeah, if you, yeah, that's going to be that's the easy part of it. If 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 you luckily if you don't hit something, you know, and, and end up crashing, you know, so it's 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 really important to pay attention to the roadbook, especially, you know, uh, you also find that, you know, we try really hard at Sonora to try to have consistency with our dangers, but it's a very difficult thing to do when you're riding, uh, driving, and making the roadbook, um, and and just getting a sense. Every event I've ever raced in. Even several Dakars, they've all been different based on how the guy riding the road book interprets the terrain. So you as a rider or a driver have to work with that. You have to understand that the road book is a personal creation of the person who, who did all the note-taking. So you start to feel and see kind of what they're looking at and don't think every race you're going to go to is going to be the same because it's not. The guy who puts a double danger for on one event is not going to be a double danger on another sometimes. So that's, that's another difficult part of the sport. Yeah. yeah and you can, it's, that's been a, a common theme uh, with some of the people we talked about that is it's really important to get into the head of the person that actually created the road book at every event. Yeah. And, and the quicker, the better. <laughs> it <laughs> <course>. seems like. <laughs> and, and you have kind of a unique challenge uh, with the location of where the rally is, right? Because you, you run a lot of sand and a lot of dunes and things like that. Yeah, and that's, you know, I, I, I was a, a guide in Baja for many years and raced in Baja for many years, and I thought about doing an event there. Um, but the most important aspect uh, or for us, anyway, when we would go to Dakar and what was so different for us was racing in the dunes. And we've all grown up playing in the dunes, but racing and finding a waypoint quickly is a different skill set. And so... Um, when I first discovered the Altar several years ago when we were training uh, people down there, um, I just said to myself, you know, that uh, yeah, this is the perfect spot to do uh, a school and possibly an event. And so we, we thought about it for many years and kind of got the wheels in motion and eventually um, uh, got it going. But, yeah, it's, it's the, you know, the Altar is the only erg in all of North America. There's, there's only five places in the world where this type of desert exists, um, uh, where it's like a sea of sand. And so, and, you know, part of it is, is a UNESCO heritage site. And the other part of it where we race is, is a open area where they do a lot of off-roading events and have for 30 or 40 years. Um, but not really any racing. We're the first ones to kind of put on a competitive event there, but it allows us, uh, to sort of show people what a Dakar stage could look like and some years we've actually had longer dune sections than they've even had on on the dakar so it's been good for the guys that have you know used it as a training spot as a way to get introduced and some people never will get a chance to go and do a dakar but they can come to sonora rally and 
race with the guys who've won it and and been a part of it and and you know do a road book that's kind of inspired by what I went through when I raced there in the early 2000s so um you know that's that's kind of the idea behind it and it is a different type of thing because it's just getting north american riders and drivers used to the idea of turning off a perfectly good road and heading into the dunes is <laughs> It's, it's 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 counterintuitive you know so um and then but that's what happens when you when you go you know you have to you have to follow the road book and if the road book uh, says to go somewhere that's where you're supposed to go so um don't don't you know I see guys sometimes when the rally comp comes on an arrow is pointing one way they'll just follow the arrow but even though the road book says you've got to turn right here so yeah. um you know so it's it's all those things and we try to put that in there and the and we we get people warmed up to it too. We don't just throw the kitchen sink at them on day one, <laughs> but by day four, we, it's, a, it's usually a very tough day of the rally because it's a lot of dunes and very technical with a lot of navigation challenge. Yeah. I feel like every every Dakar that I've that I've watched and, and paid close attention to, it seems like the dunes always is the make or break. Yes, I mean, and, and, and 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 as a competitor. That's what stresses you out the most when you see in your road book, I got a 40K dune section because you don't know what they're going to do to you. It could be really fun and simple or it could be the most technical hellish set of dunes you've ever had to go through. So, um, you know, and it was the same in South America, you know, so we try to, to try to do that. We know the desert now after racing there for seven years and, and doing road books for longer than that. There's, there's certain areas we know where it gets super, super tricky and it's very difficult. So we we kind of work around that and we also make it so you have to understand where the waypoints could possibly be and also linking waypoints together sometimes without a WPM or a waypoint mask A where it's just off of notes. So you have to really pay attention to your odometer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can maybe have two or three points in a row that you have to really be on your game in order to get to the fourth one. Um, so it's, it's uh but the beauty of it is that when you get out down to the Sonoran Desert, is, is you feel like you're a million miles from anywhere, but with the shape of the desert and where the access roads are and how it's set up, we have fairly good access and coverage to to everybody. So um, it's it's a it's a fun environment to race in, and um, you know this year particularly we'll have a lot more sand because we're focusing on staying in the north of the state. Okay. Um, just logistically, we're going back to kind of what we did in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, when we race between San Luis and, and Puerto Penasco and a little bit south of there. So um, that's kind of a little hint for what's coming. And, and uh, you know, we'll be announcing the, the towns uh, and, and stuff uh, today, actually. Uh, but the the um, the idea is just to sort of keep it a little more accessible, a little less expensive. Last year, we did a really big rally where we went, you know, five days point to point across the state. And uh, we'd like to do that again. But I think with all the present circumstances, logistically, it's been hard to get down and do a lot of exploring uh, like we normally do. Um, and so now Sonora is in the green for uh, COVID. So they're kind of opening back up again. And so now we're giving us a, a chance to go and and. and visit our friends down there and, and start you know, getting all the road books finished up. So um, I think it will be a very difficult event this year because of the amount of sand is difficult on the competitors. It's hard on the equipment and it's going to be a lot hotter this year. So I, all the competitors will have to be ready for very early mornings so we can get out of the heat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hey, that's, it's, it's part of the deal. I mean, it, yeah. it's, I mean, in the car, it's the same. I mean, everything you see, I mean, these guys are leaving in the dark and arriving sometimes well into the night depending on yeah. how their day went. Yeah, with well, the long days, yeah, with year we were leaving at 4 in the morning, sometimes 4.30 to get on the road in order to get to the next bivouac. So luckily the, the, the crews won't have to do that at Sonora, but some of the times we'll get the competitors up early because I want to be at the start line as the sun's coming up because we've got about a three, four-hour window there where the temperatures stay cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but so we, And also the good thing what we do is we have – we have, uh, which is different than Dakar, because we want to encourage people to try the rally. Is to, we have bailout points, so like if you're having a hard day and you're struggling, uh, your vehicle's struggling, you can bail out and then you know take a penalty and then continue on the next day. We don't want to discourage people, but we still want to make it difficult enough for some of the top riders and drivers that come to kind of challenge themselves. You know, yeah, I that that is actually really unique. I and I like the idea of that because yeah, some I like you kind of mentioned earlier sometimes navigating is very overwhelming 
Yeah. And and, <laughs> and to be able to say, okay, we're just gonna we're gonna scrap today, <laughs> take a hit. <laughs> yeah. You know. But then, like you said, it makes it challenging. I mean, you've you've had a couple of like little known racers, right? I think Ricky Brabeck or something like that. Yeah, yeah. We're, <laughs> it's we're really proud of the fact that you know guys like Ricky and, and the Honda team have been you know supporter of what we've done in Sonora and Sonora Rally, and we love seeing you know the results of, of all their hard work, you know, um, uh, and being a small part of that. You know, we did some training sessions with the Honda team where they brought a bunch of riders over. Um, you know, a few years back. And, and so I feel, you know, you know, emotionally, I guess, attached to seeing them having some success. And, um, and then Casey Curry, his first rally that he did was with us and that got the bug going. And I know Casey had been wanting to do Dakar since a long time. You know, we've been friends for many years. And, and so for him to go and have the success he had after putting the work in was, was great. So, you know, um, we've had the years with like, you know, we have six, seven Sonora rally, uh, ex uh, competitors over there, and that's 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 the thing. Is it, it's been a good stepping stone, and we also do the road to Dakar, which you know qualifies. This should be for motorcycles again, and uh, the winner of that gets a free entry uh, to go to Dakar, and um, you know, and so we we get to, we have we have some support from ASO, and the fact that they realize that it's important to have a, a, a rally like ours here in North America to help grow a community. And that's kind of another reason why we started it. We, we knew there was a lot of enthusiasts and people who love rally raid and to have a sort of a rallying point for everybody to, to come to our event, you know, and, and uh, sort of grow that community and bring people in who've been curious about rally raid. And, and, um, and then, you know, the guys who've got a lot of experience are really are there to help others, you know? So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice thing. It's nice to see it grown over the years each year we were adding like 10 competitors and getting larger and larger. And, and uh, you know, I think you know, hopefully when after COVID is sort of settled down and we can start building up again, we'll start getting a few more. But I think this year will be a little bit about the same as what we had last year. I think we haven't grown as much as we did in the previous years. But I think uh, um, the fact that we can pull off an event will be will be very happy just to be there. I think everyone's excited to come down again. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> Actually go do some racing, you know, or rallying. Yeah. The so that's I mean, obviously that's extremely unique is the as being a North America rally and having a, a direct link to the Dakar um, and having graduated many riders. Let's talk a little bit the training side of it. I know you were recently involved with the Matlocks. Yep. Going to Dakar. I know I, I saw you in the jacket and I, you were there with them mm -hmm. kind of coaching. Along. What kind of just in general, how does training for something like, because I don't, I, as far as I know, they never did any kind of roadbook stuff. So if you took somebody no, completely no. green, what do you suggest? What do you do? I, I don't suggest it. <laughs> and I, I said that, and I had the same thing with, uh, with, with Robbie Pierce uh, uh, and, um, uh, his name escapes me, but Bobby uh, Patton. Mm -hmm. um, they went the year before in an overdrive Toyota. It was the same thing. They, you know, they they asked me to help out, and they had no rally experience whatsoever. Their first event was Dakar, and same with with the Polaris team and with the Matlocks driving this year. So we tried to explain to them, you know, how it worked, and we then we sort of put things in practice. You know, our schools that we've done are a two day school where we combine classroom and uh, road books. And then, the, you know, then we, the next day we, you know, we get back in the classroom and talk about things that, you know, went right and wrong and how to fix things and, you know, just try to break some of the habits that are just naturally instilled in off-road racers here in North America. So, but it, the reality of it is until you get there and use all the same equipment and the road books, I mean, it's, you have to accept the fact that it's going to always be a, a high learning curve the first year. All we can do is kind of prepare them for the basics uh, and also if they have a question while they're there, you know, I was able to sort of help steer them and help with that sort of uh, side of things as well. Yeah, yeah I, I can see where that, I mean, obviously having somebody that's been there, done that, had the experience with it on hand to do it is going to be huge. Because I mean, I, I know that there was some difficulties in the dunes for Kristen and, um, and Wayne yeah. had a couple days, but I mean, it's. It, it it's, is it's very hard. I mean, you have your expectations. If you know, if you, like we always said when we went, you know, we said you have to you have to go with a three year plan, and that's kind of how Casey did it and how he was successful. And Ricky had even more years than that. You you have to 
first learn the event, then you have to learn your competition, and then you have to be comfortable enough to be able to to go fast because those guys are, are definitely moving over there because they've got you know a lot of experience racing that way. They race four or five events all year long uh, with each other, so just dropping in from California and, and expecting just to go and, and kick butt is, is not, it's not realistic, you know, so yeah. you, you have to, uh, uh, put the time in and, and, uh, I, you know, I think that, uh, that was the first year that Polaris went with a factory team and that was kind of the goal was to finish. Um, you know, it's, it's just very hard. I mean, it's, it, when you go there and, and, and you start getting competitive and driving, and you know it, the problem is there's always a, a million chances for a, a mistake to be made. You, you know you can get away with it sometimes running at San Felipe 250, taking some chances. But if you do the San Felipe 50 every day and you take those same chances, eventually you're going to get 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 one caught out. So you know it's 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 a hard event. That's why people love doing the Dakar because it just really is a a, a real test of machine and and, and man. So. Uh, the Mount Everest of off-road racing, you know. It is. It. I mean, it's. Uh, it, it, I'm going back and thinking. You know, yeah. I, I spoke to Skylar House. Skylar House is another graduate uh, with you guys. Yep. And, yeah. And and he said the same thing. It's like the first year it was like I'm I'm gonna win it. I'm <laughs> you know I'm, I'm gonna be out there gonna do good. And then there's some humbling experiences. So you're you know yeah that it it's a common theme. You know I think it's more about going out and just having fun and. And then worry about where where the cards lay, like you yeah. said. Everybody yeah, that, over there races all the time at his rally raid. Yeah, and they grew up that way. So you know, and that's another reason. Like having events like Sonora Rally is important because you know, as, as we develop our rally craft and our, our rally technology and, uh, and our racers, it just gives them a little bit more of a chance to to go over there and be competitive. But what I'm excited about is like guys like Skyler you know, have done so well and, and taken a really good step-by-step approach. But then we get some of these young guys coming in, like Mason Klein, mm-hmm. who's every bit as quick as some of these guys, but he's just got to, you know, learn a few more things about rally. But with Sonora, it gives him a chance to rub shoulders and, and, and run road books in a race environment with Ricky Breitbeck, with Skylar House. So when he goes there, he's already going to be up to speed with some of the top guys because we've got top guys here in the States. So we didn't have that. 20 years ago and so i think everybody in the rally community should be proud that we've got racers that are, are pushing the best in the world now and have the environment to to train and do it here and bring others up with them you know at the events so uh, i'm excited to see what happens as the years come yeah, i see uh, yeah moto minded just stepped up behind uh, mason klein and and to help him and his efforts and all that. i mean it's you're right there there is now a huge presence i mean <laughs> Ricky Brabeck winning it number two on that spot, and then Skyler with his how he's progressed uh, towards it. I'm I'm still amazed he doesn't have a factory ride. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. But there you go. It's a it's a difficult job. I mean, uh, I uh, yeah, I, I, I sympathize, and I think that you know Skyler's put a lot of work in. And I think that uh, good things will come to him, though, for sure. Yeah, yeah just a little bit of time. So something I've so I what was it two years ago or was it a year ago already this pandemic thing I got a chance the year before I got a chance to go down and and for two days and work with Mike and I was in the bivouac and I was able to see one of the drivers meetings and and that kind of stuff and very organized event I it was it was really really cool to Thank see you. how everything works but the some of the things like the like to me the trophy I just see the the trophies that you guys use, like. <laughs> Where does some of this stuff come? Like, uh, is there a history? Is there something specific about the trophy? Yeah, you know, so you know, Sonora is a unique state. And what happened? I I bought a home down here 15 years ago, just in a crazy trip, the whim. But um, so I started really uh, getting into. Uh, when I, I've been lucky to travel a lot, and when I travel, I try to really learn about where I'm going. And Sonora was the same. So. It has a unique history here, and it's different than, than Baja. And Baja is kind of where we've raced and what most of us know. But to assume that the rest of Mexico is, is the same is, is, is a mistake. And there's a unique history to Sonora and to the people that have lived here over the centuries. And uh, um, the, the Indian tribes that you know, lived in and around the dunes and south of them, you know, uh, and, and some of the places we went to, like the Seri lands down in the south of the state, all have amazing uh, history, and so they uh, the series are a coastal 
dwelling people that are famous for doing uh, what they called ironwood carvings, Palo Fierro. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always you know, admired them. And so when we were, had the opportunity to go race uh, in their area, you know, we had them actually uh, build some of the trophies for us. And, um, and it's, you know, very unique uh, and, and coveted artwork they do. And so, and then the Yaki deer dancer uh, is, is the, the main trophy and the image that we use. And the Yaki's were an Indian tribe here in Sonora that were never, ever defeated by the Spanish. And even today, they're a very independent uh, people. And their dance, the deer dance that they do, is, is like one of the most famous dances in, its, uh, in Mexico. So it's a symbol of Sonora. And that's kind of what we thought would be a really nice touch. And, and I think, you know, the, even our logo... It encompasses that, and 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 a lot of that came from you know. I remember just the logo from Dakar was was the, uh, you know the um the the, you know, the, the Berber you know uh, with his head wrap on, and so I thought we need to have somebody that symbolizes the strength of, uh, of Sonora, and so that's why we decided on on the Yaki deer dancer. So, um, and and you know Palo Fierro is something that, like I said, came from the the Seri Indians and their carving. So. You know, it, it's that was actually a few years back when we crossed the the Seri land. We finished in their main village there, and the ladies welcomed everybody and gave everybody uh, little gifts. And, and that was a really special moment. And I think it was sharing the cultural experiences with people as part of what Rally Raids about, and and something that I loved going through North Africa and and you know getting the chance to to meet people and sit in a tent and drink tea and all these things were part of of what we did on the rally. And so when I was exploring uh, Sonora and started discovering all these different cultural aspects of the state. I wanted to incorporate them somehow into the rally so the guys could take something home with them. And uh, and so we've been lucky enough to do that. And hopefully we'll get to go back down to the Seri lands uh, in the future. But obviously with, with COVID, they've taken a hard hit. So we're just kind of being respectful and staying uh, up in the north this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, it's... I remember seeing the video of that with, with the reception and having everybody come in. And that was very, very like, it was just kind of unique. And it was, it, it added like a sort of majesticness to the event, like something, yeah. a whole nother level of it. Uh, it, it. It's, it's like I said, I mean, that's why I love, I, I love to travel. So if you love travel and you love adventure, uh, you know, you know, rally events kind of do that. So when, even when, you know, you go to South America, when you go uh, to North Africa, you you get to experience those things. And so you're racing somewhere that's completely foreign to you, often in a culture that's very foreign to you. But it kind of opens up you know, your mind a little bit and, and allows you to see the world through a different set of eyes. And, and I would never have been able to see all the places I was able to do without without Rally Raid because it's something that encompassed two things that I loved, which was, which was racing and, and traveling. Uh, and so and, and the the uh, adventures we had on those those events were just amazing and you know lifelong memories and lifelong friends so and i'm hoping that we can do a tiny little bit of that with sonora when you know uh, and like last year we went up into the sierras too which is a whole other level is totally different than anything we'd ever done before mm-hmm. and um you know because of the mountain ranges and the river crossings and so Having that diversity is the things that I, I like to try to have if we can. Yeah. Show the the different areas of, of where they're at and different parts of the state or different parts of that region. Yeah, and, but it's complicated. You know, for us to put on an event like this with a limited amount of crew, it's it's uh, it's a lot, you know. And uh, um, this year has been particularly challenging. You know, it was on again, off again several times, and and uh, um, so I'm really thankful for the support we have from the state and from the cities and all our volunteers that come down and help us because uh, uh, you know. We just may create a little bit of a dream. It wouldn't be a reality without the people that, that help us in Yokohama and, and Method Wheels and all these guys that have invested in in, in Rally Raid and, and supported the athletes that have been going and running other events. You know, so I think it's important to to recognize that it's it's not it's not normal to get a lot of sponsorship for Rally Raid, and, and we've been very lucky with the relationships that I, I have to to have some some people that support the event. Otherwise, it just wouldn't be here. And it is, and 
it's not an easy undertaking. If anybody thinks it's just as simple as like, hey, I'm going to go draw some road books and then we're all just going to get together is not that. No, I, I think people <laughs> underestimate that the difficulty of, of uh, and also, you know, everything from the ecological sensitivities to the, uh, to, uh, you know, uh, finding new and interesting tracks and, uh, and, and creating a challenge, you know, it's just, it's a massive investment of time because the thing, what we're doing in Sonora is we're going places that no one's ever raced before. Um, and then we've got to find a way of linking roads together. I mean, last year we found this amazing road, but it, it was, there was 30 gates with 30 different landowners we had to open to get from one point to the other. And it was in <laughs> and, 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 and 45 miles, you know, so um, it, we're very spoiled in Baja to have these open spaces and, and, um, and these roads, which traditionally people are used to us racing. So when I show up in Sonora, a knock on a rancher's door, he gives me a funny look, you know, <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah. So, um, you know, but, you know, we've, we've established some relationships now where we can, uh, we've been fortunate, but it's, it's definitely not, not easy to find new roads all the time, but we have some more stuff up our sleeves. And I think for future editions, um, uh, I and mean, I would love one day, uh, to, take it down to the southern part of the state uh you know there's the town where i live is a colonial town that's several hundred years old it was you know where they signed the charter to find this found the city of los angeles so it has this amazing story because it was you know all the if you go to la and go to um, um the old pueblo there olvera street there's a plaque that the first 11 families that founded Los Angeles came from Alamo, Sonora. So I would love to tie the rally into that story someday and then kind of do the same trip that they did, but with the rally path, you know, so, um, you know, crossing the state because it's, it's, it, it, these two states and these two villages have been linked together for 250 years. And, um, you know, doing that through the rally would tell a really great story and allow people to see another historical side of Sonora down here and the totally different terrain here too. And, um, and, and so there's, there's, there's lots of little things like that. And there's extra coastal areas that we haven't been to yet. So it's just how far does people want to go South? You know, it's, yeah. that's, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's all, it's just and how much work and how much time we have to make it all happen. But one day, one day we'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's like this ginormous playground <laughs> and all these toys, but you just don't know which way to go first <laughs> yeah, yeah. or, or so, what yeah. order. So kind of rewind a little bit. And I, and I, before I even get there, I, I do appreciate you giving me some time because I know you're absolutely, you and Aaron, right? are both just hundred percent, 120%. For yeah. The, we're super busy. Yeah. Which, well, not only that, I've, I'm, I'm racing Nora next week with my, my regular job with working with SCG and one of the Baja boots. And so I, I've got to get ready for that. And then also, um, Roto Fernandez is my, you know, director of operations is working at San Felipe this weekend. So we've got a full plate trying to get everything finished in time for everybody. So, um, we're leaving tomorrow morning from our house here to drive North all through the state to stop with everybody and oh, get all the logistics in place. And yeah, so yeah, it's a lot going on. What I wanted to, to ask is let's uh, because of the adventure thing and, and it being such an you know adventure minded people, right? What would you suggest if you have somebody that's an adventure rider that wants to take on the Sonora Rally? How would you warm them up to it? Uh, I, basically, I mean, I would just say you, you got to come. You know, we, we what we do is we design the, the event to be doable for a first timer but challenging for an experienced rider and um some guys have taken the approach that they come with their vehicles with cars a four by four street legal four by four and they do the adventure raid for the first year and they kind of scope it out and they come back the next year and and race it which is one option Uh, but if you have a bike and you've done a little bit of training um we do do a rally school on the sunday before the event and and we also usually have a little test road book when we start in san luis so guys can just learn how the basic navigation works but i've had racers who've never even seen a road book come to our rally and and finish it so um you know we just kind of have to walk them through step by step and if they have questions they have to ask them uh and then like i said the first day we kind of make the navigation fairly straightforward as an introduction uh and then so by the second day they they can kind of feel much more comfortable so and that'll be the case this year the first stage will have a little bit of everything in it 
uh, it won't be overly difficult uh, terrain, but it'll have a little bit of navigation, a little bit of sand dunes, a little bit of fast road, a little bit of rocks. And that way, you know, people can kind of get very comfortable in it. So, um, you know, if you know, obviously it's you know, for this year is a little late, but if you're planning on coming to Sonora, usually a lot of the guys make a plan six months or more out. And um, we do do, in the normal times anyway, we do two schools a year, mm-hmm. which uh, are invaluable. Generally, guys come to that school because they are a little nervous about doing the rally. And after doing the school, like, oh, I get it. And, and they do some of the routes that we use in the rally. They use all the equipment we use in the rally. So they're much more comfortable and all their questions are answered. And so when they come to the race, they're ready to rock and roll. And, and that's been really, really good. You know, we've, every time we've done a school, we get five to nine to 10 guys from that school sign up for the rally. So unfortunately we couldn't do a school this year. Mm-hmm. So I think that probably was difficult for some guys, but our plan is to, to do them again. And like, we'll probably have our, our regular school that we normally do in the first week of December yeah. Um, uh, this year uh, down there and that's usually a good Dakar kickoff because a lot of the Dakar racers come to that for a, a tune-up before they leave so it's a nice fun weekend nice well yeah and those guys I mean yeah, they got to be eating breathing and I mean I, I know one of the guys that helps make road books for uh, for the Honda team and they're right. always practicing road books I think they always <laughs> You know. so have to. I mean, it's such a competitive event. I mean, you at the quality of the riders and how fast they're going. Yeah. Uh, it's changed so much. I mean, even when I, when I was racing 20 years ago, I mean, and you watch some of the videos, you know, you see how much faster the bike guys are running now. It's unbelievable. You know, yeah. it's like they're running a, a motocross track. And <laughs> the old days with those giant, you know, twin BMWs that were, you know, 500 pounds, you know, it, it's just a different, different animal now, you know? So, um, yeah, definitely impressive to see, you know, what, like even today when I watch some of the videos that we edit for promos and I see, you know, what Ricky and Skylar are doing out there on the bike, it's just unbelievable, you know, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, like you said, well, I, I went through there, but it was at like 10 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yeah, think exactly. they could clear that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I, that's what always makes me laugh. It's like I'll put a waypoint and say, oh, yeah, perfect. They'll never be able to get over that. And you know, when I'm standing there, next thing I know, Justin Morgan's going straight to the top of it. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah, they, they, they're not afraid for a challenge. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really impressive to watch how the guys ride. Yeah. And then the one that I, the, from the year before that got me was, uh, was Wes Van Nuenhaus on the, yeah. <laughs> the 790. Yeah, and that's, and we see all these bikes coming out from these different manufacturers now. So we said, well, let's just open up a class and let some of these cars come run. And Wes was was on a mission last year. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's a big, big, big guy and he's on a big bike and he definitely made it look uh, easy. But, um, yeah. you know, and, and, and so, yeah, we do have a class for those guys who want to come, you know, ride. And they're, they're, they're actually really decent bikes for our event, especially when we run some of the more wide open stuff in the desert. Um so and then this year, I think we've we've tightened the the, the fuel range up a little bit uh, for the UTVs, and to, so guys don't have to have a massive range to come and try this, which is another big deal for a lot of guys. So um, I think this year it'll be around eighty miles between fuel stops. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be good. I mean, that squarely puts. I mean, everybody, nobody really makes, other than Safari, I think makes tanks for bikes to be able to support something at race speed longer than that yeah so so that'll be nice to have you know that 80 mile range yeah yeah so i mean it just enables us to logistically to kind of control things a little easier and and uh i would like to see more guys running slightly larger tanks but you know the, the pressure is that you know the reality is more guys who want to try this and most of them just don't have the uh, uh, the, the tank size, uh, especially in the UTVs, you know, um, to, to go that much further than that. But uh, we'll see. I mean, one day when the, when we have all the big teams coming, then then that might be a little different. But we'll see. Yeah, don't, yeah <laughs> don't stop the clock if you have to start uh, if you have to take mm-hmm. on fuel earlier. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So built-in penalty for for fuel stops. So oh, we're getting kind of kind of close here, but. Kind of in closing, if 
you know, more information. I'm, uh, obviously, I'm going to get the website uh, on the link to the podcast and all that and, and in social media. But if people are interested in maybe coming down, helping or um, being part of the event, that kind of stuff, what, how should they go about that? Yeah, if you go to SonoraRally.com and reach out to Erin Lee at Sonora Rally, she's coordinating any volunteers that want to come. Um, generally, you know, that's we don't have a lot of people spectating because of the route's secret. Mm-hmm. But if people want to come down and, and be a part of the event, they they can also um, you know uh, join us at the bivouac. So they want to buy a bivouac pass and. Um, you know, generally we get guys who come down and volunteer and, and go out on the course and do things like that. But um, so if you want to be a part of it, that's the best thing is reach out to us. We're definitely in need of some vol- extra volunteers this year. Um, so if anybody's got any uh, inclination to come down, even if it's just for a couple of the days, uh, we could definitely use the help. And uh, we'd love to have you down. And uh, there'll be a lot big information dump coming up in the next few days on the event. Uh, now things have kind of become a bit clearer uh and the permissions have been granted so we're we're kind of want to make sure that we're getting all the info out to our competitors and um and sharing that but yeah sonorarally.com and they can email uh aaron lee at sonorarally.com she can help them out excellent excellent yeah and it's and for the people listening just even to get a bivouac pass and go down or, or help and be part of the event i was there for two days and it was just amazing the the first bivouac i got to go with to help mike from rally comp just the location and everything it's just it's such an awesome event and the weather is yeah, nice thank you. <laughs> yes well it's going to be nice this year but good thing is we'll be uh you know down near the the water's edge for a couple of the bivouacs so that'll be nice and uh, uh yeah i think everybody the weather will be a lot cooler there that will be in the dunes but so uh but yeah it's 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 gonna be uh, be a good event i'm excited that everyone's coming down and uh looking forward to seeing all my rally friends i'm i'm absolutely looking forward this time this year i finally got the time off from work so i'm looking forward to being there the whole event <laughs> okay good <laughs> Actually, well, good so, well I look forward to seeing you there yeah awesome yeah i look forward to have a chat and uh, and look and kind of see and get to know everybody i'm i'm, I'm excited for sure Great. So, Good deal. Excellent. Well, Darren, I really appreciate you taking time. I'll let you get back to the family and, and business because I know you're great. You're ready for it. So, yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. And thanks very much. And look forward to seeing everybody in Sonora. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Cheers. We'll see you soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye. All right. So that was awesome. That was Darren Skilton from Sonora Rally. And I am excited. I mean, this is uh, – I'm getting kind of chills because there – to me, ever since I knew of the event, the the Yaki, the dancing uh, Yaki Indian doing the deer dance, that that trophy just so always stood out to me. It was like you saw that and you didn't need to know anything other than that trophy belonged to the Sonora Rally. And it was very memorable and it was like that's like a, a piece, you know, something that you want to have on the shelf. You know, it's just kind of like one of those things. And many races, right, they've given out trophies and bowling trophies and all of this other stuff. But that, to me, was just such a unique trophy. And I knew that there was a history. I just didn't know what it was. I didn't know that there was how it tied in to the actual Sonora Rally. So, to me, that was very, very unique and very cool. And then, you know, going and seeing and like you said, everything is just kind of like organized. And, every you know, you, you feel like you're part of the event and... But you're not. You're just. You're. You're just there, and so to me, it's like I, I, I struggle to find words because I just remember, you know, Mike the night uh, rally comp, um, you know, the night before is like, hey, you know, uh, I could use your help at least for the first bivouac, and of course, you know, and, and at that time, you know, we weren't working Mondays because I was on the uh, power sports schedule, you know, Tuesday through Saturday, and. It's like, okay, it's just going to make the ride a little bit longer. You know, we're going to have to ride back from from the bivouac all the way to home in one shot. And I do not regret doing it. What The hardest part was leaving. And the worst part about it was is that I did have Troy, who happened to be my manager at the time where we worked in the same department. So it wasn't like I could call in sick. That wasn't going to work. You know, he very well knew where I was. So it was really, really, really cool. And I, I was just saying, so I'm, I'm excited. Last year we had to miss out uh, right at the last minute. It just was too much going on, too much uncertainty. I wasn't really sure how this whole thing was going to shake down. So 
we decided, you know what, it's better to just stay. Um, in hindsight, mm, you know, but uh, at least, you know, family and all that stuff, we were we were good. But now it's like game on. It's like want to get down there, want to check this event out and, and be a part of it. And like you said, you guys heard uh, Darren uh, and Aaron from Sonora Rally, both, you know, if people are interested in volunteering for the event, um, you know, get, head over to the website and email Aaron uh, and, you know, and see, you know, this is uh, I, I think it's a great event and the way that people and everybody gets along and all that stuff. Uh, it, it's it's got to be a good time. There's no way that it can't be. So uh, I look forward to if anybody's listening to the show and wants to volunteer, let us know about it. Uh, we have I'm going to post this up on our uh, Facebook page for Chasing Waypoints. Uh, you can like comment there. If there's any questions that you have the event, I'll tag Darren in it. Um, and then maybe he can answer uh, some of the stuff when he has time. I don't want anybody getting offended if he doesn't. Oh, you didn't answer my question. Well, there happens to be a couple of races and a rally going on, and it is full-on go time right now for those guys. So um, either way, I'll leave that up there so we can uh, comment on it, like I said. Uh, and if you have, uh, if you're listening to this via the link that was on Facebook, don't forget we are on Spotify. We're also on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And then if you just search Chasing Waypoints Podcast, there's a bunch of other little ones, thanks to Anchor giving the given us access to all these different podcast hosting platforms. So I am excited. It is Saturday. This is almost at an hour for the episode, but I'm ready to get to work. I got a 790 in the garage that I've been working on and I am still oh, trying to get it done and all that. After that conversation that I had with Alex over at conflict motorsports, I'm tearing into the bike. I'm putting more grease on it. I'm trying to do all this stuff and get it all dialed in. So when my suspension arrives, It'll be ready to go. So I'll be posting some ride details on what we decide to do on that one. First ride, the quote unquote suspension break and ride uh, might be something, you know, I don't know, Laguna Hansen, Mike Sky Ranch, something like that. Uh, and then back up the coast. So I'll post more details as I know more as we get closer. Um, but in the meantime, don't forget, like, subscribe, follow us on the social media platforms, Chasing Waypoints. You visit the website as well, chasingwaypoints.com. It has been long overdue for some updates, but we have got those coming. Also going to have some new swag stuff coming to the website here shortly. Just need to get it all buttoned up and, and set up. So anyway, hope everybody's having a great weekend. I look forward to it. I did miss last week. If anybody's thinking, they go, ah, he didn't say anything. So last week I did miss an episode. I do apologize for that. That was on Sunday. It was just a crazy, crazy work week. And I just was done, absolutely brain done. So I know everybody has been there. Everybody's got busy lives. So uh, it happens, but we are back. And I think this was a great episode. Again, super thanks. I mean, all the thanks in the world to uh, Darren from Sonora Rally. Aaron for helping me coordinate it. Aaron, I reached out to her on a whim and she you know, said, hey, you know what? Let me mention it. And, and, and here we are now. So. I'm stoked to be down there. Again, SonoraRally.com. If you guys want to volunteer, you can go in there and then uh, click for the email addresses or the contact uh, for Aaron. So anyway, that is a wrap. Hope you guys are good. See ya.